morning. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to see your faces. I'm thankful that um, I have the opportunity to, to serve the Lord through preaching. Um, it's, a, it's a privilege, it's an honor. Uh, and, and oftentimes when you preach, uh, you usually get challenged too, so there's that. Um, so I, I, wanna, I wanna lay out before we get going so you'll have in your minds <clears throat> this idea of uh, serving or sitting. All right, just, just keep in your mind serving or sitting. Um, as we continue in our series titled uh, Supper with Friends, uh, we actually have to think about this idea primarily because we are inviting people. We are each week we're being challenged to invite people into our homes. Uh, and when you think about having people in your home, things gotta happen before somebody comes into your house, right? Uh, I mean, I think this natural, we have this natural tendency to move into this place of checking off the things on the list to make sure that our homes are in a place where we are actually serving people to, in, in an environment that is hospitable. Uh, you know, dishes need to be cleaned, right? Uh, the floors need to be swept. Uh, uh, <laughs> right? Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, pots and pans need to be washed, right? Or, or in, in, in some cases, socks and Legos and dirty dishes, they just need to be kicked underneath the couch. Well, maybe that's just in, in my home, right? Like maybe y'all do things rightly, but I gotta be honest, sometimes it's like, hey, just slide that underneath. <laughs> Nobody will see it. And if somebody's crawling around on my floor in the living room looking under stuff, we're gonna have a conversation afterwards. So <laughs> now, now when we think about these things, productivity is, is extremely important. Uh, and, and serving and hospitality go hand in hand. And in order for us to be hospitable or, or create an environment of hospitality, you, you have to serve. Like, so things do have to be done. And so uh, this not only, this idea not only comes when we think about hospitality and having people in our homes, but it's all also in our day-to-day -day lives. Like, just think about it. We, we all have um, things to do each day. And some of us have this unique gift to be able to plan, and some of us don't. I'm in the don't category. Uh, I struggle with that for a fact. Like, one of the areas of my life that I've always wanted to be better in is actually planning and being able to do stuff because I need to have that structure. Uh, just a quick insight, little, little story about me. Um, so I, 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 over the years of ministry, I've had the opportunity to grow and learn more about planning and being more organized. And so I, I went out on this, this venture. I was doing some research and I found this little organizational planner called the Panda Planner. Anybody ever heard of it? That's fine. It works for me. You got one? That's awesome. Oh, uh, but, but the, the Panda Planner and, and I got it in orange so I wouldn't lose it. And so like all of it is working towards my favor and then I leave it in Timothy's office and didn't know what I was doing for the rest of the week. So uh, that's just a little bit of insight in regard to that. But I don't disagree. I think we need to plan. I, I believe we need to be productive. I think we need to get stuff done. And in fact, I'm more 
bent towards that way of getting things done versus planning. Like if I have a general direction normally, I'm just gonna run that direction. And some of it may have to do with me being a football player. I played fullback and coach was like, hey, you hit that guy and that's all you need to do. And so that's what I did. Over and over and over, that, that happened. Uh, and so my, my challenge is, is that I believe that, that there is a place for us to be productive and it's a place for us to grind. I believe that there is a place where we need to do hard ministry in the community. And I, and I believe that these things are very important, but I strongly believe that for us in this room, even whether we, whether we know Jesus as Savior or not, there is this essential place that we need to be, and that place is at the feet of Jesus. We have to be, we have to make our calendars and our schedules navigate to a place where it puts us there. We, we have to make it a priority to, to be in the presence of Jesus, to, to hear his word and to meditate on his truth and to regularly be in his presence. I want to bring this just a little bit more closer to home. We live in a city in which the hustle or the, the idea of getting things done is imperative, right? Like we, we live in Bull City. This is Durham. Think about the startups. Think about the nonprofits. Think about the individuals going out and, and making it happen and creating their own space. In fact, just think about the coffee shops in general, right? They, they brew enough liquid energy for us to all be energized for, for the whole month. I mean, it happens all over. Matter of fact, in 2014, Durham was named the most caffeinated city in the U.S. <laughs> Go check it. Google it. Over Portland, Seattle. Over Portland, Seattle, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. If you don't believe me, walk around downtown. There's these stainless steel caps on the ground, and they have a bull drinking coffee. Didn't know that, did you? So what do we do? In the following passages, I believe Jesus helps us to understand how we navigate this productivity-driven lifestyle, uh, that it can exhort us in this place in the right direction as we seek to serve and be hospitable with the idea of inviting people into our homes. So please stand and join me in reading of the scripture in Luke chapter 10. Verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into a house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help, tell, tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord, and it will never fade away. Please be seated. So what do we do? Martha invites Jesus into a home. 
And so in these passages, we get the opportunity to examine the lives of two women who love Jesus. One loves Jesus through serving, the other loves Jesus through sitting. One believes her serving is the priority, and one believes that her sitting is the priority. Jesus sees both. He doesn't critique Martha for her serving. Jesus sees Mary sitting at her feet, and he has words about Mary's serving. But Jesus says one thing is essential. And so when we have this thought about serving and sitting, Jesus has this idea that he shares with Martha that one thing is essential. So like Martha, we, this might be hard to accept for us. I mean, she did invite in Jesus into her home. Can you imagine that scene, right? Jesus stops in, Martha and invites Jesus in. He, she begins to prepare things. Does, does Jesus have enough to eat? And those who accompany him, will they, how long will they be staying? Maybe we need to get the, the guest room ready. How, how long will they be here? Like, wait, I forgot to, right? The ingredients, like can you just imagine what might be going on in Martha's head, which on some levels should be happening because she invited them in. And she wants to be diligent and she wants to demonstrate her love to Jesus through her serving. But her sister Mary is sitting. Mary is not scrambling around the house with or behind Martha to help her in any form or fashion. Mary has sat down at the feet of Jesus. She's not doing, Mary is not talking, Mary is sitting and she is listening. And the place where she is sitting at gives us this, this idea of, of where we may need to be. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's a sign of uh, submission and humility. It's the posture of a learner. Mary is intentionally stopping everything around her so that she might have time with Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is this place where every disciple should aspire to be. Mary wasn't sitting next to him as we are sitting in this room. Mary wasn't sitting in front of him on the same level of him, nor was she sitting behind him where she couldn't have his attention or he have hers. Mary was sitting at his feet looking up to him in this, this, this posture of, I don't want anything in my way beside me or around me. I want to be looking up and I want to be focusing on what Jesus is teaching. And then we get this insight of how Jesus values women. And so you got women sitting here learning in deep theology from Jesus himself being taught and learning. And they're, 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 they're meditating on the words that, that Jesus has said. Oftentimes in the church, there's this idea that where do the women go when it comes to theology and, and learning and teaching? Well, here we give this, op, this, this example and Jesus unique, uses this, this unique opportunity to demonstrate how it looks. Amen. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. But Martha just couldn't let Mary be great. I mean, literally, Mary is living her best life, and Martha has something to say about that. 
Like she's sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha is not okay with that. Let's, let's go on. But Martha, who was distracted with much serving at the beginning of verse 40. Martha is being an extra obvious tattletale. That's the thought I had in my head. Jesus, do you not recognize that I'm serving and trying to prepare something, but look at my sister. She's not doing anything. She's sitting at your feet and I'm getting all the food ready. She's sitting down listening to you teach and look at me, look at what I'm doing. I'm passionate about serving you, Jesus. And Mary's sitting at the feet. Martha was distracted with much serving. When you look up the literal definition of distracted, it means to be drug away. Martha's serving was dragging her away from the presence of Jesus. Her concern was not that she was in Jesus' presence. Notice this, Martha goes to Jesus and she asks him to solve a problem. And the problem is Mary not helping her serve. Martha didn't go to Jesus for Jesus. Martha went to Jesus to solve a problem. And not only did she do that, it was about somebody else's problem. How often do we do that? How often do we pray, we go to Jesus, fix X, Y, and Z, Lord? And the whole time, Jesus is looking at us, saying, I think you're the one that probably needs to be fixed. Martha was drug away by, by much serving. It looked good, I'm sure, and the, the attitude and the, the, the posture of her heart was the thing that was probably the most challenging. Her serving was literally dragging her away from the, precious, the, 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 the presence of Jesus. But notice how Jesus dealt with her. Jesus dealt with Martha, not of her serving, but of her attitude in her heart and the deep seated emotions that were underneath her serving. Look at this. Philip Riken says this, behind every unattractive attitude in the distracted heart, there is an ungodly anxiety, and for every anxiety, God has a promise in the gospel. Isn't that true? Isn't that rich? That for every anxiety that you had this morning, right? getting out of the house, we're, we're going to the second service, that should give us more time, right? We, we're going to the second service, we should be there early, and husbands or wives are driving the car and it's not on the time that you thought it was because something else happened. That anxiety flares up and oftentimes we ignore it because we, we've been through it before and we, we're used to it. But for every anxiety, there's a promise in the gospel that gives us grace. Jesus' response to Martha was not one of rejection, but it was one of gentle valuing correction. Notice that he said Martha's name twice. Martha, Martha. Throughout scripture we see this, I think I counted eight times. Abraham, Abraham. Moses, Moses. Samuel, Samuel. Martha, Martha, the tone of this double name calling is one of intimacy. From a Hebrew dialect, the tone is, is one of, of intimacy. 
It's one that I, I, I'm not angry with you, but I need your attention because you're far away, or I need your attention because I need you closer to me. Jesus says, he says, hey, Martha, Martha, I, I need you to be close to me. Your, your heart is troubled and you're full of anxiety and Jesus, but Martha is just serving. Can you imagine? She's, she's probably pulling out, uh, uh, getting ready to serve a dish onto the table. And Jesus is like, Martha. She probably glances at him and goes back to serving Martha. It sticks with her. I need, I need, I need your attention, Martha. You're serving and your heart is troubled and, and there's a ton of distraction that is dragging you away from my presence and you want me to fix your sister who's sitting in my presence, but I, I need you, Martha. How do we deal with anxiety? Presence of God. Practically, Philippians chapter four, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. So in your serving and your hospitality and whatever thoughts you might be having before Sunday, before you are anxious and worried, in everything, by prayer, intimacy, supplication, intimacy, thanksgiving, thinking about things that have been awesome that God has allowed you to see, thinking about graces throughout the week that things actually did work right, intimacy, bringing you closer, submit those thoughts, those anxieties to the Lord and let your requests be made known. You are troubled. Have you been there before? I've been there, troubled in my heart. I hear God calling me like, I hear God calling me and, I, and on this one side, I wanna identify with the, the get it done, Martha, right? Like I, I wanna identify with, I got everything ready, the list is checked off and everybody will be welcomed when they come in, but I don't normally want to identify with the, the bitter, the resentful, the anxious, the tired, the Jesus, I'm doing this, but nobody is Martha. I want to identify myself with the Martha that does everything to make the room hospitable. And I've prepared those things because guess what? I get credit when that happens. But it's hard for me to identify with the anxious Martha. Has God ever had to call your name twice? He's had to call mine a couple times. Aaron, Aaron. Yeah kind of wave it off, turns into pride, then it turns into anxiety, and anxiety turns into self-pity, and self-pity turns into bitterness, and then bitterness turns into resentment, and then I'm tired. My thoughts are like this. No, nobody else is passionate about this ministry like I am. And this, this sneaks into the church, you guys. It sneaks into our homes. It sneaks into our jobs and our mindset. No, nobody in this church is passionate about the ministry like, like I am. No, no, why does no one else serve like me? 
or, 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 or it comes off this way. Uh, this ministry just must not be that important because nobody's demonstrating that it is or my, my service now has become my focus because my heart is anxious and now I'm distracted with what I think everybody else is thinking. Therefore, I'm being pulled away from the presence of Jesus. And then you're done. Maybe you go to another church, maybe you serve in a a different ministry, maybe you change your job, but you're done. And for six months, Jesus has been calling you, Aaron. For six months, he's been asking you to take that little planner that you have and put a block of time in it so that, that you can spend time with him. For six months, these things have gone over and over and over, and now I want to meet with somebody to have a counseling session or just to share what I need to hear, but the reality is that will be just a Band-Aid because the source of my peace I've ignored. Aaron, 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 Aaron. Riken says this, Our service for God can never be necessary in the absolute sense because he does not need us at all. He goes on to say this, but we on the other hand are in desperate need of him and uh, therefore what is necessary for every Mary and Martha is not to serve Jesus but to be served by him. We we flip-flop them sometimes. I'm a doer. I don't like theory. I don't like sitting in rooms talking about things that we're going to do. I need to, like, what's my next step? Because I'm pushing the button and I'm moving in that direction. But sometimes Jesus just, he checks me. You just need to be still. You're meandering around and you say you're a doer, but the reality is you're just anxious and you can cover up your anxiety by doing. You're right. Jesus is calling us to be in intimacy with him over and over and over. And and then he goes into this, and I'm reading this. He said, Mary has chosen the good portion. Mary has chosen the good portion and I'm going in the Psalms and I'm reading about the good portion or the Lord is my portion and I come across this verse in Lamentations 3, verse 24. And it says this, that the the Lord is my portion. My soul, therefore, I will hope in him. When you choose the right portion, there is no need to be worried. When you, when you choose the right portion, there's no need to be anxious. When you choose the right portion, there is no need to be troubled in heart or distracted because you are satisfied. Sometimes we go to restaurants and, and we get food. You, know, you get the food that you ordered and you eat it and, you know, you, you, you might can use a little bit more. You're not at the point of contentment yet. Yeah, that's your fault. You should have went to a restaurant and chose a portion that can fill you. Don't be going to these tapa places and thinking that you're going to get full. I'm just joking. Some of them are really good. They'll take care of you. 
But Mary chose the right portion. Mary, Mary was not worried. She, she was not distracted. She, she was not anxious. Mary was at the feet of Jesus and Mary made a choice. And Mary's choice that she made, her, her portion led her to a place of peace. This is not necessarily a passage to compare Martha and Mary. It's easy for us to do that. However, it is important for us to know that it is, it is appropriate, it is more appropriate, and it is essential that we sit at the feet of Jesus in his presence so that we are able to learn from him, so that we can be strengthened in our faith. This is in an intimate setting where every follower of Jesus can grow. It's an environment that God has graced us with for us to be able to grow in our faith, for us to be able to grow within the, the, the systems of our emotions in our heart. It's laid out for us to be able to do that. So when we're thinking about inviting people into our homes, here's my challenge. You can't invite people to the table if you hadn't been sitting at the table for yourself. Because all it turns into is another thing that we check off the list. In five months, in six months, or maybe a year from now, after it's all over, we've missed the joy because we were anxiously running around serving out of a place that was not worship. Being in the presence of Jesus is the breeding ground for a hospitable life. I'm gonna say it again, being in the presence of Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus is the breeding ground for a hospitable life. It gives us what we need. We're sitting with the person who is most hospitable. So Pastor Aaron, what are you saying? How does this work out in my life practically? Well, well listen to this. Wives and moms, who, who are working hard, dads and husbands who serve endlessly, single men, single women, college students, high school students, grandparents, youth, aunts, uncles, pastors, worship directors, everybody in the room. Do not neglect getting and being in the presence of Jesus to the point that you're doing and serving for him is the main tangible way that you have intimacy with him. Don't shift the two. Sit before him in his presence. Don't always be leaning towards I'm serving him and that's my worship. You won't last. It is essential that our service, this is why it's, this is why it's important. It is essential that our service comes from this place of overflow. Our service comes from this place of overflow because we've been sitting with Jesus and we're full. Our portion has, has met us, we're content and then some. And so now I have the capacity to be able to serve from a place of hospitality that is worship unto the Lord. And it's not just a check off of the box. So in closing, how do we do that? Simple. I'll lay it out for us. We have to get in the presence of Jesus. Okay, how do we do that? Maybe it's prayer. Maybe, Aaron, it is actually taking that orange planter that you bought and, and sectioning it off 
uh, instead of a list of all of the five to three to five things that you think you can do effectively for the day and your gratitudes and all that, that, that's awesome. Maybe you put a block in there that says prayer. And maybe you be unapologetic about not allowing anything to interrupt that and you go do that because that's essential. Maybe it's, maybe it's worship. In the 15 to 20, 30 minute commute that you have every morning, Instead of the anxieties because you left the house five minutes later, you left your notebook and your computer, maybe instead of those anxieties that you might experience, that your 15 to 20 minutes uh, is, is a time of worship. Maybe it's a, it's a sermon that you can listen to. That's, that's worship. Maybe it's a song. Maybe you fill in the cracks and you re- redeem the time by not worrying, but submitting unto the Lord this time of worship. Maybe it's growing in your faith through reading the scripture. I know it's not January yet, but maybe you can commit to reading the Bible for the rest of the year. <laughs> Y'all know how we are. <laughs> January, I'm doing it. Everything else, and you know. Maybe you start now, you'll be ahead of everybody else in January. (laughs) Maybe it's spiritual formation. And we just happen to have a spiritual formation class. And it's not too late for you to sign up for it. This is actually, this is the last week that you can actually sign up for it because after we get two weeks in, it's, it's hard to catch up. So maybe, maybe you take advantage of one day out of the week on a Wednesday and you get to spend almost two hours with the Lord and other people sitting in his presence and learning about you and learning about him. Maybe it's coming to the table on Sunday morning. Maybe it's worship. Maybe it's this place where you gather together like we do here and we worship and God fills us up because God is serving us in this. He, he fills us up. He gives us the means of grace that we, that we need to function. Maybe it's here. And then you go out and you're able to serve from a place of worship. This leads to serving with an untroubled heart. It leads to serving without anxiety. It leads to serving without performing. It leads to serving without self-pity or resentment or anything that'll lead to judgment or bitterness because somebody else is not doing it. It leads to this place that I like to call grace-driven service. That you're serving in this place where the Lord has graced you with what you need and you get the opportunity to be uh, a giver of that grace to others through through the ministry of hospitality in your home. When you serve this way, your service is worship. It's joyful. It's not complicated. Of course, many things need to be done. Those plates and those Legos need to be kicked underneath the couch but they will be done from a place of faith and a place of grace and from a place of wholeness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Um, Oftentimes I get caught up in the day and I know Lord and in no way condemning or conviction that many of us in this room get caught in that place as well where our hearts is to, to get things done and to serve and to do well, Lord, but Sometimes we just need to breathe. And sometimes we just need to sit at your feet. Not as one to have dialect or challenge or dig deep, 
but maybe we just need to allow the Psalms of Scripture to wash over our life. Maybe we just need to get the wisdom from Proverbs and just hear you. Maybe we just need the challenges and the, the truth of the gospel, Lord. Who knows, Lord, but we need to have this idea and this heart to, to, to create it. And God, we failed at it. I've failed at it. And I pray that you would give me the power and the strength in order to be able to sit before you and not replace my serving with your presence or be distracted so much by the checklist or the to-do list or the, the, the vision and the mission, these things, Lord, but to sit before you and just be with you. Not asking for anything, but just allowing your presence to, to redeem me. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.